Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. Support for this episode comes from Kuat Racks. Kuat makes industry-changing products, including kayak, bike, and truck bed racks for the Ozark Outdoorsman, manufactured with the utmost care to quality, style, and longevity. With their lifetime, no worries, limited warranty, they stand behind their products like no other company. Most importantly, Kuat gives back to the community and makes positive impacts on the environment by partnering with grassroots groups. Through their Future Forest Initiative, they plant one tree for conservation with each rack sold. Kuat is based in Springfield, Missouri, and proudly supports all things Ozarks, including this show. Visit kuat.com for more information. Ultimately, the cultural Ozarks would be where Ozarkers live, but figuring out where that is, that's, you know, that's, yeah. that's the tricky part. After 30 years, you'd think I'd, I would have this figured out, and I've, I'm more confused now than I was when I, when I started. I mean, when you're talking about regional identity, it's a really slippery thing. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Ozark Podcast. You've got Kyle Veet here joined by my buddy Kyle Plunkett. Yes, sir. What's going on? Just happy to make the drive into Harrison, Arkansas. That's right. We are on the road. We braved the the rain, the fog, the weather um, to get over you here. Had some, you had some dicey turns. <laughs> we sure did. Way in. I'm glad we made it. We've got a very special guest for this episode, and that is none other than what I would call the historian of the Ozarks, and that's Dr. Brooks Blevins. We appreciate you coming over here to Harrison to meet us, and um, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Kyle and Kyle. It's... Uh... It's. I came from the other direction, equally foggy and and messy and, and treacherous. Uh, and it's, and it's, <laughs> it's worth being here, though. Yeah, we just sort of meet in the heart of the Ozarks here mm-hmm. in Harrison. That's yeah, right. That's nice. That's right. Well, we, we've had you on our list for a while to get to interview you and have just been waiting for the right time. And we've got a lot of stuff we're going to get into. But before we go there, I'm going to play a song. Okay. And you can either guess the name of the song or you can guess the band that's playing it. Okay. All right. Here's the song. I've been looking for a long time for a song that would tell about the people who settled our part of the country down in the Ozarks. And these people were mostly ones who'd come from Virginia or Kentucky or uh, Tennessee or something. And they'd got sick of it over there. And they'd kept looking for a place where the neighbors wouldn't settle in so thick around them. And a lot of them ended up in the Ozarks. They went from one remote area to the other as the country was settled. And most of them that just couldn't abide here in their neighbor's acts ended up down in our part of the country. And that was just about it because the timber quit, and then they had to either put up with a prairie or they had to settle there. We'd like to do you a song that I think comes as near as anything I know to describing the kind of people who settled the Ozarks. It's called The Whole World Round.
his ass beyond the hill And now I'm bound away For some in love the city life Some in crave the town I don't know it You don't know? No, I don't Yeah, if, if they're if they're musicians who are alive, I'm not likely to know them. Are they alive? So some of them are alive. Yeah. They actually, um, is there, are, they're from Salem. Missouri. Oh, you're talking. Oh, the Dillards. It is the Dillards. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't. No, I, I was trying to place the voice. Yeah, and I couldn't. You know, I couldn't figure out who that was. But, it, it is the Dillards. But yeah, and they were they were famous. I guess for a lot of different stuff. Um, but they were on the they were appeared on the Andy Griffith show yeah. Yeah, um, as part of the the Darlings or something like that. Right, yeah, yeah. And there there is, yeah, there, one of them is still living. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's one one Dillard still. I think it's Rodney. There you go. Rodney Dillard. Is, yeah. Who's still a guitar player and kind of the lead singer usually on, on those songs. Mm -hmm. I was uh, getting hung up on the, Trying to figure out who who was talking and the, I just, at the I intro. Yeah, I could I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, those are the guys in the Andy Griffith show who, now the Darlings. One would talk for them and they wouldn't say anything else, or I don't know. They would just, just start playing whoever, music. Yeah, they would just play. yeah yeah yeah. I don't oh, know I if they ever said bit. anything. I don't think, I don't they, think did. they ever did. Yeah, Denver Powell did the the talking. But, uh huh. But yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful group. Now that I say that, now that I I couldn't figure out who they were but uh, you got it eventually yeah that would have been i guess doug on the banjo probably maybe so but i'm, I'm uh, not as familiar with yeah each that one of them uh but yeah great group that sort of revolutionized even kind of west coast bluegrass yeah back in the day you know left the ozarks and headed out to southern california yeah i was yeah. reading that they kind of were the first to electrify their some of their instruments and, yeah and even like Elton John, or maybe like the Eagles, um, maybe it was Elton John. Some of these like old school people, they're like, yeah, I was influenced by these guys, the yeah. Dillards from yeah. Salem, Missouri. Right. Wow. They've had a, a huge impact. Yeah, yeah, very, very important, important group, underappreciated group. But yeah, I think anybody in the, anybody in the bluegrass world knows who they are. And Sure. Yeah. So I think let's just start with your background. I think something that's interesting to me, I know you've published a lot, you've done a lot of podcasts, but I don't think I've ever actually heard your story. And, and you know, I know you've been doing Ozark's history and have kind of, you know, dove into this topic. I've spent a good part of 30 years or more just dedicated to the Ozarks and, and the history. Um, and so just tell me a little bit about where you're from and kind of how you got into your career and, and how that's all developed since then. Sure. Well, I grew up in Izzard County, Arkansas, which is in the north central part of the state, on a on a little farm. Uh, I grew up just a quarter mile up the road from my grandparents, and uh, my dad had grown up on the same place. And uh, we, by the time I came along, they had gotten out of the dairy farming and cotton raising business it's about as far north as anybody was raising cotton back still in the 60s and uh we just had beef cattle and that's what we did uh but i really didn't you know i i don't think i'd ever thought about being in the ozarks or thought about where the ozarks was or were you know whether it's plural or singular whatever it is until i until i got to college and when i was in my my third year of college at what now is Lyon College in, in Batesville, Arkansas. It was, it was still called Arkansas College back in those days. 
and this was the very early 90s, and I was in my third year of college, and I remember uh, I was in a class on the civil rights movement, and so it's not something you would necessarily expect to get to the Ozarks through. Sure. Uh, but I had decided to do a, uh, a research paper on the last black community in the county where I grew up, and it was just a few miles from uh, from the little community where I grew up. There was a small black community of, you know, at its height, maybe 100 people or so uh, lived there. And as I got to doing the research and background and all that kind of stuff, I remember I was sitting in the in the little library there at Lyon College one day, and I pulled this book off the shelf, and it was called The Ozarks Land and Life by Milton Rafferty. And Rafferty was a was a longtime cultural geographer at what now is Missouri State University, which is where I work. Uh, at that time, it was Southwest Missouri State University. And, and, and I got to looking through this book, and there's Dr. Rafferty's map of the Ozarks, and, and sure enough, Israel County's right there in it. And I thought, well, that looks like somebody would have told me that, <laughs> that we were in the Ozarks. And, uh, but part of the reason I, I wasn't aware of it, I mean, we knew we were, we knew we were from the hills. We knew we were, we were hill people and that we contrasted ourselves with the people from the bottoms, which is what we call the flat country in northeastern Arkansas, the Delta. Mm -hmm. uh, so we knew there was, there was a little bit of a cultural divide and certainly a, a geographic uh, divide there. Uh, but when I was growing up, we, we got our TV out of Springfield, Missouri, and they were always talking about the Ozarks this and the Ozarks that, and everything was Ozark, Ozark, Ozark in, in Springfield. Mm -hmm. They've been the queen city of the Ozarks since the late 1800s, and they were still, you know, really milking that yeah. back in the back when I was a kid in the, in the 70s and 80s. And and so I so I knew the Ozarks was around Springfield, and right across the river from us was Stone County, Arkansas, which is where the Ozark Folk Center is in Mountain View. So I knew that was the Ozarks over there because everything was Ozark, Ozark, Ozark in, mm -hmm. in Stone County because they were playing that up. So all these places that, you know, tried to capitalize on the Ozarks for tourism purposes, I knew they were in the Ozarks. I just didn't know really what it was and what all it, it you know, en encompassed. And and so I... I I think at, at that moment I realized, hey, I'm from an actual identifiable region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this professor somewhere in Missouri has written a big old book about this region. And uh, and so from that moment forward, I was really interested to to read anything I could about the Ozarks, to to find out what I could. And what I realized was that uh, even as a as an undergraduate student, certainly when I got to grad school, I realized there really hadn't been much what what we would call scholarly history written about the Ozarks. There had right. been a ton of stuff written about the Ozarks, but mostly it was by folklorists. Mm -hmm. Vance Randolph could fill this room mm -hmm. himself with all the stuff he'd written about it, and by travel writers and 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 people like that who who weren't necessarily doing what I felt I wanted to do, which was uh, which was tell a a true story about the Ozarks, the the give the the truest depiction of the region's history that 
that I could give. And, uh, and so that's really where, mm. where my interest in the, in the Ozarks started. Yeah. Did you know, so in school, when you were, you were going to school and you went to get your, your master's, did you know that one, you wanted to be a, a teacher, a history teacher. And then at that point you were kind of like, you found your niche and you're like, okay, I think that's what I'm going to focus on. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah, it is. I, uh, there were really two things that I liked uh, from the time I started college or even before that. Uh, one was writing. I always liked to, to write, and I, and I loved history. And so I think when I went off to graduate school at, at Auburn, and you're certainly not going to do a, encounter a lot of Ozarks history no, you're not. <laughs> at Auburn University, which if you were like me, uh, anybody who's listening, it uh, – it's not the same now, but I didn't even know where Auburn. I didn't know what state Auburn was in when I, when I uh, decided to apply. I thought it was in Georgia. Oh, really? <laughs> but I grew up in the old Southwest Conference days when when the University of Arkansas was in there with all those Texas schools, and we didn't play the SEC. Mm. So I, you know, those if it didn't have a state name in it, I didn't really know where <laughs> where it was, and and for some reason. You know, all I knew about Auburn was that's where Bo Jackson uh, played football mm-hmm. and, and Charles Barkley played, played basketball, and I thought it was in Georgia. Mm. But either way, if it, Georgia or Alabama, which is actually where it is, uh, they don't really give a hoot about the Ozarks down there, and nobody's no, going to be talking about it. But, uh, but that was the only place I, that offered me a graduate assistantship, so I just went where I could afford to go. Uh, you know, I, I had to have some sort of financial help mm-hmm. to, to go to school. But when I went, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to eventually write a master's thesis on the history of the Ozarks, something. Yeah, at that time, I, I didn't know enough to know what I couldn't do or what was reasonable for somebody to do. And then uh, when I decided to just keep going because I – didn't know anything else to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly full of skills for the, for the workforce. Uh, I just kept going, and and I wrote my dissertation on on the Ozarks too. And as a as a senior at at Lyon College, I had written my senior paper on something to do with Ozarks history. And there are probably sentences from that paper that then made it into my master's thesis, that then made it into my doctoral dissertation, that then or in Hill Folks, uh, which is the first book I, I published about about the Ozarks, which came out in two thousand two. Okay, and so that was that was my revised dissertation. But yeah, that's that's right. I, I uh, as unreasonable and as kind of unpractical as it sounds, I I, I didn't go to graduate school thinking that I was going to get a job out of this. I just went to graduate school thinking this is what. I want to do is I, I want to write about, I want to study and I want to write about the Ozarks. And it's a very selfish thing because I'm basically writing about my own personal history and the history of my family and my place. And, and, uh, but I think, I think most writers, whether you write fiction or nonfiction, in some way you're, you're writing about your, you're exploring your own story yeah. in some way. It may not be as direct it's as, your interest, as what I've done. Though, right, yeah. What you care about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be likely writing about it. Sure. Or, that's, or studying that's, it. That's right. So, so I've, yeah, it's, it's been, kind of a, been kind of a selfish thing for me to do all these years, but, uh, but I, I've really enjoyed uh, doing this. And it's been, 
been over 30 years I've been doing this now. So did you come straight out of school and landed a job with Missouri State teaching Ozark history, or, or how did it start? Because, I mean, you, you basically had to create your own curriculum on yeah. the Ozarks because, it's like you said, a whole lot didn't exist, or at least wasn't consolidated in right. a, a um, easy format to teach, I, I'm sure. Oh, right. They, uh, yeah, as you would expect, I'd never, as a student, I'd never had a class on the history of the Ozarks. I did have an Arkansas history class, which was pretty unusual for back then. This was in the late 80s uh, when, I, when I took that in college. And uh, so I, I was really interested in that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd never had an Ozarks history class in my life. And probably the only place where that existed was at what now is Missouri State. Uh, SMS is what, what it was, Southwest Missouri State, when I was growing up and up until about 20 years ago or so. And they were kind of the pioneers in, in the scholarly history of the Ozarks. Uh, they had historians, they had geographers, and, and other people there who were interested in the Ozarks and, and, and started offering classes in that back in the 70s and, and things like that. But, but no, I did, I, I've spent a lot of time in a variety of jobs before I landed it at Missouri State. I taught for a year at a, at a branch of Mississippi State, and same colors, same initials. Yeah. So that was that's, didn't have to change your wardrobe. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty handy. Uh, the uh, and I taught at a community college for a year. I I went back to my alma mater, Lyon College, and I taught there for a few years. And that was actually the first place where I taught. I designed and taught a course on the Ozarks. Was when I was at at Lyon College, and that was uh, just a little over twenty years ago that I did that. And uh, no, and, and then. In uh, in 2008, when I started at Missouri State, it just so happened that they had decided that it would be a good idea to hire somebody for uh, an endowed professorship to teach classes on the Ozarks. Mm. They had all their Ozarks people had retired by then, and uh, and you know I was. Lucky enough to fresh blood. I, there, there I was. I, you know, they didn't have a whole lot to pick from. I'll admit that. <laughs> and uh, and and I was there, and it was. They hired me right before the recession hit. Uh, had it hit a few months earlier, they probably would have just canceled that position and said, <laughs> you know, we got to save the money. So you skated in. So I, I got in just under the wire. I mean, you know, right after they, right after they hired me, the the bottom fell out of the economy and. And uh, I didn't get a raise for years after I started up there, but at least I had a job. Yeah, and, you were working, and I was, you know, and I was getting to talk about the Ozarks. So that was that was kind of fun, and uh, and so I've carried on a tradition that was started basically 50 years ago by my predecessors at Missouri State, and it's it's been nice to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't feel like I don't feel like it's a job. You know, it's just something something fun I get to. To do it, turn your passion into your profession. Yeah, something not not very many people get to do in in their lifetime. Right. So that's pretty special. There's a lot of things to know about hunting turkeys in the Ozarks, but there's two things I know for sure. One, it's that turkeys have really good eyesight, so your camo matters. Canis makes an incredible turkey camo. It is comfortable, 
It is breathable, blends into the background like no other. It is the perfect camouflage for those long sits back up against a white oak tree, hearing those hens and gobblers hold up 200 yards away as I'm just waiting for them to come in. The second thing you got to know is you have to be prepared for anything. Whether it's a tom sneaking up behind you or a rainstorm coming at you out of nowhere, Canis has you covered. From the Nunavut rain jacket to the chamois fleece hoodie to the alpine pant with built-in knee pads, make sure you have Canis on you for this upcoming turkey season. Use our discount code OZARK for 15% off website or in-store, and good luck this turkey season. Sadly, hunting season in the Ozarks has come to an end. But in these hills and hollers, it's always been the off-season where woodsmen dialed in their equipment to get ready for the next hunt. And there is no better time to dial in your shot grouping with some new gear from Umarex. Our friends over at Umarex produce some of the most accurate air-powered rifles in the world, with everything from 22 caliber guns for squirrels and rabbits, 30 calibers for coyotes, bobcats, and coons, all the way up to 50 caliber air rifles that can take down white-tailed deer, barrel hogs, and bear. Umarex leads the industry in accuracy and innovation, making some of the best hunting air guns on the market, hands down. Head on over to umarexusa.com and use our discount code Ozark Air for 12% off your entire order and start getting dialed in for your next hunt. You know, 2008, you're, you're putting together your Ozarks history class. You really kind of have to, to start with defining what that is. And as I've learned from, from reading some of your books and, and watching some of your, your YouTube videos of your classes, it's not a straightforward thing to define the Ozarks. It's not as simple as drawing a big circle around this area. There's, there's a lot of different stuff that goes into it that you could consider. And, and so for you, where do you start with, when we talk about the Ozarks and, and even us, like help kind of guide us as the Ozark podcast, what falls into the Ozarks and what do you have to consider to, to put a circle around that place? Yeah. You know, after, after 30 years, you'd think I'd, I would have this figured out. And I, I'm more confused now than I was when I, when I started. I mean, you know, there's, uh, when you're talking about regional identity, it's a, it's a really slippery thing. And it's, uh, what'd you, what'd you call it, the snot otter earlier? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, trying to hold, get a hold of one of those things and, and keep it in one hand. Uh, you, first of all, you, you've got your, you got your physical Ozarks, and that's a little easier to define. That's the that's the Ozarks that Milt Rafferty had his map okay. for, yeah. and that Ozarks land and life. And that's this like where the mountains stop, right? Is. That's the it's the Ozarks based on geology, okay. and 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 you know that uh, soils and terrain mm-hmm. and and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and rocks and and that's. Uh, not not all geographers and geologists agree on where that Ozarks is and and isn't. So but, even that is up for debate. Well, that's uh, somewhat, some somewhat, uh, because you can what you can see is if you go back to say you go back a hundred years ago or or at least to the very late eighteen hundreds, what people were calling the Ozarks is what we would call the Ozarks and the Washitaws today, you know, that uh, geographers call that the interior highlands mm. because geologically the two regions are distinct from one another. But 
for for years and years, we just sort of lumped. It was there are hills in the middle of the mm-hmm. uh, middle of North America. Culturally, very little difference between them. So we'll just call this the Ozarks. It's a it's easier to pronounce and spell than Washita's. So we're <laughs> we're just going to stick with with Ozarks and. And so if you go back and you read a lot of the stuff that Vance Randolph wrote in the 20s and 30s and 40s that Otto Ernest Rayburn was writing in the same era, they, they just hopped back and forth across the Arkansas River. You know, they're, they're taking examples from, uh, from the Washita's, from the Ozarks. They're in Mena sometimes in Mount Ida. Then they're in uh, northern Arkansas. And, and it's all the same thing to them. And it, and it really... Uh, was for geographers until about 100 years ago or so. And that's when they started deciding, okay, there's enough, there's enough geological distinctiveness between these two places, mm-hmm. uh, the way they were created and, and uh, the, the way they're, they're made and, and the way the ridges run and all that kind of stuff, that we'll, we'll, we'll divide them out. Yeah. Uh, so do you mind going into that a little bit more? Because I remember we uh, – we did the episode with with Clay Newcomb, and we were asking him, and he was like, "You guys need to talk about orogeny with yeah. Dr. Blevins whenever you get to that point." Yeah. And basically, I I won't define orogeny, but I'll let you kind of talk about the formation of the Ozarks, and right. and we call it the Ozark Mountains, but it's actually something a little bit different, right? Uh, and if you're like me, the word itself makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> when Clay first said you need to talk about erogeny with Dr. Blevins you're probably thinking what <laughs> what is, are we is this like a Dr. Ruth sort of <laughs> yeah thing well, that, I don't know that we want to yeah though. I mean I, I I just feel like you know I I don't you know I don't want my mom listening to any podcast <laughs> where where we're talking about erogeny erogeny and, and denudation right I mean, it's just there, there are a lot of words that make make me feel uncomfortable but the the Washita erogeny which uh, happened over 300 million years ago was basically just it's the process by which the Washita Mountains were folded up. The Washita's are actual mountains. Uh, geologically they're mountains. The Ozarks is just a big plateau that's that's been eroded over the years. But but that was caused by the collision of continents as you know as continents moved and and it's not happening, you know, immediately. This is happening over tens of millions mm-hmm. of, of years, as you can imagine. And because the where the Washita's are at one time, that was basically the southern, almost the southern coast of, of the North American continent, and it cl- collides with South America, and it just sort of folds those things up. The Ozarks, which is north of the Washita's, uh, doesn't get folded up, but it's sort of like the from. And and again, I, I'm a historian. I'm not I'm not a geologist. Sure. So any geologist <laughs> listening to this realize how ignorant I am when I'm. I'm going to keep this as simple as it is in my head. Yeah. But in my mind, I've got, you know, the, as, as these continents are colliding, you've got these tectonic plates underneath the, you know, surface that the, the plates sort of scoot in under what's the Ozarks and just sort of lifts them up. It just kind of tilts them up. And, and some uh, geographers and geologists even refer to the Ozarks as an uplift. Mm-hmm. Uh, plateau uplift, you know, there are a lot of different uh, phrases and words you can use, but it just sort of tilts the Ozarks up. And the southernmost part of the Ozarks is the part that sort of gets tilted the most up. And obviously the, the pod, podcast listeners can hear can hear my hand movements as I'm doing this for you guys. Uh, but it, we have the cameras. <laughs> right. YouTube, they, if, you're, if you're lost, go to YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Just, uh, just imagine my hand movements. The... Uh, 
Uh, so, so you get the Boston Mountains at the southern part of the again, not so it's technically the most not extreme. Is that it gets the most extreme tilting? Okay, uh, uh, you know, upward mm-hmm. and and uh, it, you know, it's kind of the flare up at the at the bottom of that. Yeah, at the very point of that tilt, and and so that's where the highest elevations are in the Ozarks. But again, uh, not they're not geologically mountainous, which you know happens by folding or by volcanic activity, that kind of thing. The only part of what we call the Ozarks today, the, the Ozark Plateau, the only part of it that is technically mountainous is the St. Francis Mountains, which is the old, it's the ancient core of the Ozarks in southeastern Missouri around uh, Ironton and Pilot Knob and that area. Mm-hmm. It's a very rural area, the uh, the St. Francis Knob and Basin region is sometimes what geographers call that. And that was caused by volcanic activity uh, dating back to almost a billion and a half years ago. Uh, this is These are ancient, ancient mm-hmm. mountains uh, that are, you know, just uh, hundreds of millions of years older than the Rockies and the Himalayas and, and all that's left of them. Those little knobs up there in in southeastern Missouri, yeah, and none of them are impressive at all. And you, I mean, nothing really looks like a mountain. It's just a just, just a hills. decent hill, yeah. that you could you know you could run up it backwards if you were in training, <laughs> and uh, that. But that's all. That's that's the only part of the Ozarks that is technically mountainous. And yeah, you've, you've got igneous rock up there that's you know hundreds and hundreds of of millions of years old. Uh, a lot of the the granite that was mined to pave the streets of St. Louis and make uh, monuments and things like that in St. Louis and build things, uh, not just St. Louis, but other places, a lot of that came out of that, you know, that old igneous uh, volcanic rock area of that part of the Ozarks. Yeah. But the, but the rest of what we've got is it's just a plateau that that over, you know, more than 300 million years pretty much, has been severely eroded, and uh, you know you could probably, you know, th- you could think of it since we're in the Ozarks and we're pretty, you know, plebeian type people. Uh, it's a pretty poor place uh, for most most people outside of you know some folks in Northwest Arkansas and in <laughs> uh, and, and, and Springfield. Uh, I I like to think of it uh, as a as a, an older professor friend of mine used to say, is the Ozarks is just a land of ditches. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's just, it's just a bump in the earth with a whole bunch of ditches, some of them deeper than others, mm. you know? So when we say the Ozark Mountains, we're, we really should be saying Ozark Valleys or ditches. Yeah. That, that would be more yeah. appropriate as we speak on orogeny and how it right. was all formed. Yeah, yeah. If uh yeah, from a from a scientific, from a you know geological standpoint, uh, Ozark uh, valleys or uh, you could call it ridges, mm-hmm. uh, ditches, uh, plateau uplift. There are a lot of things. Mountain is mountains is probably one of the uh, most incorrect things to call the Ozarks. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight with anybody because it we're so used to calling them the Ozark Mountains, and it's it's. Uh, been around for mm-hmm. you know 200 years it's become a part of the cultural ozarks yeah it's it, yeah. it really is you know that that earliest map that we've got uh from the from the 1820s that had you know ozark mountains stretching from 
basically uh, modern day northeastern Texas to St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using the the old big, you know, expansive uh, definition of the Ozarks, and it was Ozark Mountains mm-hmm. on on that one too. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not going to get you know out of been out of shape sure. over somebody calling them mountains because I all I all I know about geology and geography is something I read in in a book. I don't you know I don't mm-hmm. I never even had a, a geology class or or anything. So real simply, the Washita's. They there was a coastline there at some point. We're talking yeah, just south, just, just kind of like the, you know the southern part of Arkansas would okay. have been you know like the coastline. And those are technically mountains because of the way the plates folded mm-hmm. and pushed up, right? And they did that at about the same time that the plateau, yeah, was also being was yeah. being formed. Well, the the uh, the Ozarks, the you know kind of the the rock base mm-hmm. of the Ozarks is, is much older, uh, especially when you get to that core area mm-hmm. when you're talking about over a billion years old. So there, there uh, were uplifts and, and different things going on before the Washita orogeny in the mm-hmm. Ozarks. But, but yeah, for the most part, since that, since that uh, event that creates the Washita's and really does a number on uplifting the Ozarks, 300 plus million years that's that's kind of what we're working with today is the, okay. the remnants of remnants of that okay. yeah so that's definition one as we're defining the ozarks is where it's we are physical, on a map the yeah, physical the physical ozarks. um what's the second step yeah this the second one is the the cultural ozarks and that's the that's the much trickier definition because when you're talking about cultural ozarks you're talking about uh humans mm-hmm. you're talking about community you're talking about uh, what we call social constructs. Uh, these are these are definitions that we create, that we we make them so mm-hmm. that didn't exist prior to uh, humans being around here, or even prior to certain kinds of humans being around here. the The cultural idea of the Ozarks, you know, only dates back a few generations, mm. and it's this idea that. Uh, and basically what it is, it's it's an idea that the Ozarks is home to a certain kind of, of people. And some of the people who live in the physical Ozarks identify with that, and some of those people don't identify with that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that construct was created by people who didn't live in the Ozarks anyway. A mm-hmm. lot of it was uh, created by stereotyping and taking examples of of you know, the craziness that some of us did in past years and the kind of the, the hillbilliness that, that mm. you know, was part of the region and magnifying that above everything else. Uh, so, so if you're looking at, one of the things I, I had intended to do when I did volume three of my trilogy a couple of years ago is I, I had every intention of, of fixing a, a cultural map of the Ozarks for that book. You were gonna like put it on paper. And I was say, gonna, this yeah. is what it is. This is this is what this guy says is the Ozarks, and I was gonna have boundaries and everything. and And I spent I spent a lot of time. Uh, I I've been traveling, especially since I got to Missouri State back in two thousand eight. And one of the things I would do is I, I would go on these road trips around the Ozarks to places I'd never been, and I used to do this 
all the time in those earlier days. And I would, when I knew I was somewhere sort of on the cultural edge of the Ozarks, a place that that uh, Milt Rafferty and the physical and the geographers would say is in the physical Ozarks, but maybe, you know, it's a little questionable culturally. I would just, I would just ask people. Hmm. I'd go to a library, go to a convenience store, just go somewhere, and I would say, am I in the Ozarks? You know, just to get an idea of, of, of that. I'm sure you got some funny looks. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I did. What are you talking about? I did. Why are you I, asking me that? Right, I, I did. I should have had like a hidden camera to, yeah. you know, to show <laughs> something. But, but I remember the, the best one I ever got, there's this, uh, there's this little town up in the northern part of the Ozarks and uh, uh, not, far from, not far south of the Missouri River called Vienna. It's in Marys County, Missouri. Just beautiful rolling hills and cattle farms and all that kind of stuff. You know, just real Ozarky looking place. Mm -hmm. I mean, just real Ozarky. And I remember I was coming back from Jefferson City uh, and I was driving down toward Rolla and I, I stopped at this, uh, at this filling station, this, this convenience store, and I walked in and, and I uh, bought a soda pop or something like that and I went up to the counter and I asked the, the girl at the counter, I said, uh, am I in the Ozarks? <laughs> and she didn't even hesitate. She said, no. And I said, uh, well, how would I get to the Ozarks from here? <laughs> she probably thought you were so lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and she said, uh, and, and again, very, I mean, there was no hesitation at all. She said, uh, all right, get back on the highway, go down here to the stop sign, take a right, drive 10 miles, you'll be in Iberia, and you're in the Ozarks. <laughs> <laughs> 10 miles away. It's just 10 miles away, and it's it's a town. There's a specific place. If you get there, you're in the Ozarks. You know, it's it's and and that's sort of the the cultural divide. Now, I've since met plenty of people from Vienna who said, "Hey, we're in the Ozarks." I don't know where she must have been from Westphalia or something. You know, she's from she's from somewhere else, but uh but for her you know, she culturally didn't identify with the Ozarks, but she knew, you know, those goobers over in the next yeah, town. Ten, ten miles away. Those yeah. Are, those are Ozarkers. That's yeah. where you're going to find <laughs> yeah. the hillbilly people in Iberia and Miller mm. County. And, and, and that's especially up in that kind of northern edge of the Ozarks in the Missouri Valley and the Mississippi Valley. That's where you'll find a lot of places where people don't identify at all with the Ozarks. And mostly it has to do with... Uh, the old German heritage in those places. And uh, you, you can go to a lot of those, uh, like, like a little town, I, I, I said Westphalia earlier, that's just a few miles north of, of Vienna. It's an old German Catholic town, beautiful place, just a, just a, you know, just a picturesque little town you drive through, a few hundred people and uh, these rolling hills and all this, you know, just beautiful place. And a lot of those folks just, they were... You know, they, they came from uh, German-speaking places in, in Europe in the 1830s and 40s and 50s, and they saw themselves as separate from the people who were already there, mm. you know, the people that, uh, the, the people, uh, English speakers mm. who had come across the Mississippi and settled from Tennessee and Kentucky and North Carolina and places like that. And, and it's amazing how long that, you know, that identity sticks with them, that kind of separatist identity. Okay, the, this is, these are the local people. We're, 
we're something different. We're yeah. Germans. Yeah. You know, and, even and though we live near each other and in the same place. Yeah, we're in the same place. We're not Ozarkers. Right. We're not. And and today, uh, you you'll find that in in a lot of places. And and I've asked people over, like in the Mississippi Valley, which was also uh, heavily. Uh, settled by Germans in the same era, the, the decades before the Civil War. And I've got the same, hmm. same well, they didn't say go to, to Iberia. That's a long <laughs> ways off. But I, but I remember asking a woman over, uh, we were about 10 miles from the Mississippi River, this rolling farmland that, you know, the geographers say, it's, it's the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't look like the Boston Mountains, but it's, it's in the Ozarks. And when I asked her, where do I need to go to go to the Ozarks, she said Branson. <laughs> and so that was again very specific but you know yeah, it, you know immediately when somebody says Branson mm-hmm. you know they've been influenced by you know this stereotype, stereotype and mm-hmm. and you know tourism promotion and all that kind of stuff so uh, so ultimately I abandoned the idea of coming up with a uh, with a with a cultural map of the Ozarks because it's you could I guess you could if you if there was a way to poll everybody who lived in the culture in the physical Ozarks and ask them, "Are you an Ozarker?" Mm-hmm. you could make a map that way, but that might not be completely accurate either. Right. You could have some weird spots, and yeah. it's not all contiguous. You might have these outliers in different places. Right, and I've in my own mind, I've got you know there are there are highways that sort of separate the Ozarks from the non Ozarks, even within the you know physical Ozarks, but. But in the end, I realized that you know it's it's just a it's it's an ever evolving thing, and just as you lose a bunch of the cultural Ozarks in the northern part of the Ozarks, you gain a bunch in Arkansas because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who live south of what the geographers say is the Ozarks who identify readily with the Ozarks, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to convince them otherwise either, because I, I always thought well. The one of the problems I had with the the standard geographer's map was that it it did cut off pretty quick when you headed south, uh, and there were places where I always thought, well, that's that's the Ozarks, but you know the geographer, you know, it's, it's not the physical Ozarks, but culturally, uh, the the Ozarks heads way down, you know, close to the to the Arkansas River, right? The other way, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to cut it off just when you fall out of the Boston Mountains, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of Ozarkness south of of the physical Ozarks down there, so we kind of make up for it. We lose Germans, yeah. We gain more hillbillies on down the on the side. on the southern side of it. That's interesting that you'd say North Missouri. You're losing you're losing culturally a lot of the Ozarks, even though it's very much within the region. And then yeah. a big chunk of Arkansas, even if they don't technically hit within the geological Ozarks, are like, no, that's absolutely my identity. Right. I've never thought about that. that's true. Yeah. I mean, you have people yeah. in. Almost Little Rock, yeah. Who are like absolutely, yeah. I'm I'm an I'm an Ozarker. People yeah. in the river towns down there, like Clarksville and Russellville, they I think they would identify. And there's even yeah. like businesses and and companies down there that are like named yeah. the Ozark Bank or yeah. the mm-hmm. Ozark Welder or something like that. Yeah. There's a college down there, the yeah. University of the Ozarks, yeah, which is not in the physical Ozarks. It's interesting, you know. Called that. them out, yeah. <laughs> so if you go north, is that like a kind of they saw, they knew the stereotype of the Ozarks as being kind of hillbilly and they almost looked down on it. And so they were like, that's not us. We're not a part of that. But then 
why and on the southern side are those people like actually yeah i do identify with that like yeah. i want to be a hillbilly yeah yeah well that's what i think happens in along the uh like the missouri valley is that it's, it just goes way back to uh, you know a lot of those german settlers of the 19th century were much better educated and were better off financially than the folks that they settled among. And so I think some of it was just kind of uh, a separation based in condescension a little bit. Yeah. And then a lot of it, they were also, uh, this was a, an age of kind of an early age of, of German nationalism, extreme. And a lot of these people were extreme German nationalists. Okay. You know, you know, we're, we're proud of our German heritage and want to hold on to that. And that doesn't mean sort of, you know, assimilating into this kind of rabble rousing population of English speakers who are already here. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's going on. But on, the, you know, on the, on the bottom end of the Ozarks, the down in Arkansas, the South end, I think a lot of it's just the, the recognition that culturally there's, there's practically no difference. You know, there's a lot of what people are doing out in the Arkansas River Valley and certainly in the, the foothills of the River Valley, uh, even on the south side of the, the Arkansas River. I mean, they, you know, we sound the same. Uh, they're, for the most part, they're from the same historical migration patterns, though you do have uh, quite a few Germans who settle in the Arkansas Valley too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that, is, that is true. Uh, but but not nearly to the extent that you that you have up in the the Missouri Valley, and so I think it's uh, a lot of it is just that you know there is that kind of natural commonality where people don't they don't see that they don't see themselves being that different when they you know come out of the uh, say Conway County or parts of Faulkner County, and mm -hmm. they, they go further north into what the geographers say is the Ozarks. I mean, I mean, you go down there today, and, you know, they're raising cattle and uh, cutting hay and stuff just like, just like we do up there. So it's not, uh, not terribly different. And uh, for the most part, they're Baptist and Pentecostal and that kind of stuff, just, just like uh, most folks uh, in, historically in the Ozarks. So it, yeah, you know, if you if you take a if you take the physical Ozarks and you have one of those like shaded, you know, little shaded things over it, mm -hmm. that's exactly the size of the physical Ozarks, and you just kind of scoot it down a little bit. In a, in some ways, that's kind of the that's the cultural Ozarks. Gotcha. You just you know just scoot it down about thirty miles. Yeah, and you, you know get, <laughs> you get a whole lot more right in there people right and 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 there you are. But even you know, even that, you know, there's going to be. Uh, and then we haven't even mentioned Oklahoma. Yeah. You, know, you talk about really getting. What do you do with those people Really getting there? dicey. <laughs> uh, you know, there are, I, uh, I know people from northeastern Oklahoma who very strongly identify with the Ozarks. Mm -hmm. But over there you throw in uh, the extra factor of Native American heritage. Right. So many uh, folks in uh, in Cherokee County and, and uh you know, Adair and, and those different Sequoia, those counties over there are of Cherokee descent or even some other, you know, nations that, that lived in the northeastern part of Oklahoma. If, if you rank your identities 
uh, the, the Ozark identity, regional identity is going to be lower on the list mm-hmm. for a lot of those folks because for, for many of them, you know, the Native American identity is going to be right there at the top or, or certainly near the top, mm-hmm. you know, above any sort of Ozark identity. But, uh, but still, you know, I've, I've met people who are, you know, card-carrying uh, members of the, of the Cherokee Nation who very much identify with their Ozarks heritage. Yeah. So it ju- it's just trickier uh, when you get over there because it, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing, right? As it does in you know in Arkansas and Missouri. Yeah, it is. It is interesting, and and we we try to we've talked to a few guys on the podcast fr- from over that way in Oklahoma, and you know even a buddy of ours, he's from Miami, Oklahoma, and he's like, oh, I'm not an Ozarker, but I'm like, you're like right there on the edge if you look at the the map, and it's kind of interesting, and and I think that goes back to the point of like, doesn't he have? Native American descent, and he does. Yeah, actually, yeah, like pretty. He's like quarter or even a half. Yeah, so that's a pretty strong part of his identity. It his is. own identity. But it goes to the point of it's it's not as straightforward as just drawing a line and saying right. this is it. It's really it's geography, geology mixed with well, wherever people kind of say is the Ozarks is the Ozarks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know the uh, there's a a sociologist named John Shelton Reed, who's retired now from the University of North Carolina. And for years and years, he wrote all kinds of really interesting stuff about basically just defining the South. Mm -hmm. What is the South? Where is the South? When are you outside of the South? When are you in it? And all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it just kind of came back to the South is where the Southerners live, mm-hmm. you know, it's, okay. it's, it's where people mm-hmm. identify as, as Southerners. And, and ultimately the cultural Ozarks would be where Ozarkers live, but figuring out where that is, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the tricky part. And, uh, to, to a certain degree, you know, we, we carry that with us to other places around the country, at least for a generation or two, I think of places like Bakersfield and, and the Pacific Northwest, where so many of my family members went, places like Wenatchee and Yakima and and Washington State, and and there are other really popular destinations for people from the Ozarks. And and for a generation or two, you know, those places became pretty Ozarky, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pretty hillbilly. I guess I guess you would say, uh, though after a while, I'm sure it wears off, and and uh, it, it's not not to that extent anymore. Right. But, uh, you know, we see, we see that, uh, now of course in, in Northwest Arkansas, the place is so much more racially and ethnically diverse than it has been since the very first days of white settlement right. in this part of the world when, mm. when white people were still outnumbered by native Americans here and you had the French and, and you had, you know, Germans coming in here and all that stuff. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that's another thing that is really gonna, uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see with, with people like the, the Marshallese and the, and, uh, people of Hispanic descent and all that, how, at what point do they feel a connection mm-hmm. to this region called the Ozarks, if they ever do. Mm, that's true. 
at uh, you know at, at when does the, does Ozarker start to creep up their list of of identities, right? You know, and how far does it mm-hmm. does it go up that that list? I I don't I don't really know. Or is is uh, is a really kind of multi ethnic multi racial society? Is that the is that the end of uh, regional definition and regional identity as we've known it to this point? Right. And it it, it may it, uh, it's not it's certainly not going to be the same. It may be a, a period of metamorphosis into mm. something else. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the Ozarks is not what it was uh, 50 or 60 years ago and certainly 100 years ago. And there's no reason for us to expect that it's going to be 50 years from now and 100 years from now. Right. It's going to be something that we can't imagine now because it, it hasn't become yet. That's something that is cool about regional history, though, is how do other societies and people and influences and stories and histories change even that place's culture and make it more interesting and more beautiful in some ways, more complicated, all of that kind of stuff. Like I, I look at what the Ozarks, at least from where we, where we are and what it's becoming. And you have a, a really interesting mix of some really old history and some really new ways of thinking. And it's, it's sometimes it's like a, a beautiful painting. Sometimes it feels like oil and water a mm-hmm. little bit. And it's just like, yeah. How's this going to work out? I, I think it's fascinating. It is, and 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 we're we're in such an early stage mm-hmm. of that. I mean, we're talking about a, a process that's been going on now for about thirty years, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, thirty years is not much of anything. Nothing in history. I mean, it's not even half of a of an average, you know, lifetime in in modern America. And if you think about, you know, we we talked about those Germans and their descendants who settled in the region, you know, less than 200 years ago. And even the sort of cultural resistance uh, that they had, uh, at, you know, maybe at, at one point, you know, much of Northwest Arkansas may look at the Ozarks the same way as hmm. that's, that's some, that's people we settled among, but that's, that's not us. Yeah. So that's Branson argument. Yeah. 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 That's, and is. Yeah. Know, or it, drive over to Huntsville or, Drive a little bit further into Alpena from yeah. Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, it's that separatist idea of like maybe I'm I feel better than you because I'm I'm not so hillbilly or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Northwest Arkansas. I mean, this that's a new thing for us. It is. Uh, I mean, we we've had we've had ethnic and and racial diversity in the past. We've we've never had uh, sort of. Uh, the affluence on the level. I mean, the Ozarks is traditionally a poor place. Right. And even the better off places are poor compared to the rest of the nation. But now, I mean, we've got, we're just plum affluent in, in some places. Mm-hmm. I mean, Benton County, Arkansas is, is an affluent place. Mm-hmm. You know, however you, however you want to measure it, statistically it is. And that's something that, that we're not used to yeah. in the Ozarks. And, and what, what does that mean for, for Ozark's identity, yeah. or, or maybe for uh, a, you know a county seceding from the Ozarks, they may just decide, <laughs> hey, well, I mean, you know, I, we're you going get, over to we're going to join Oklahoma and Kansas up there in that top corner. Yeah, I can, is there someplace else we can connect to? Uh, and but you know, you've got Crystal Bridges and, and things like that, and your High South mm. cuisine and all that that sort of stuff. That uh, you know, it's it definitely gives a 
a new flavor to one corner of the Ozarks. For sure. Uh, but it, it also, it runs the risk of, uh, for people who, who come to, to Northwest Arkansas for work, but who have no, you know, have no connection, uh, no experience out in the rest of the broad Ozarks, uh, it certainly can give them a, you know, a false idea mm. about, you know, about the region because, uh, for the most part, the Ozarks is, uh, in terms of geographical space, the Ozarks has traditionally been a land of have-nots instead of a land of haves, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've got probably the starkest uh, example, you know, the starkest divide now that that we've ever had because of you know the some of the affluence that that we've we've got mm-hmm. in in certain little pockets of the Ozarks and the rest of the region is still not a whole lot different than than it has been for for generations yeah and maybe even you know heading the other direction because there's there's a you know there's a lack of opportunity in a in a in the vast you know geographical space of the Ozarks that that you don't experience in in these little pockets of mm-hmm. you know privilege yeah for sure i mean i can speak for myself the a lot of the people that i work with on a day-to-day basis are not from here they've moved from out of state from a lot of big cities and they have no connection to the ozarks and when i talk about hunting and fishing at work and the stuff that i like to do they look at me like i've got three eyes and they're like people do that people still around here there there are bears here you can go deer hunt like all that and it's just it's funny to me and so i try to do a, a okay job of talking about it and telling people about it of like this is what we did and however many where years we all ago, came from. this is where we came from. This is how people survived and how they got meat. This is what we ate. It's definitely changed. Well, that wraps up part one of our time with Dr. Brooks Blevins, where we understood a little bit deeper about how the Ozarks were formed geologically and culturally. Stick around for part two of our time with him next week, where we're going to dive into the time-honored and hotly debated topic of is the Ozarks actually in the South? And before you go, we carved out a piece of our interview with Dr. Blevins where we talk Ozarks trivia. We've got Ozark dialect, some terms that would have been used back in the day by old-timers, and that's going to be over on the check station, so make sure you're signed up for that. If y'all like this episode, make sure you share it with an Ozarker. Share it with somebody who doesn't know where they come from, somebody who needs to understand their past, And make sure you guys leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you over on part two. This podcast is hosted by Kyle Veet and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. For guest recommendations, episode ideas, and general questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at theozarkpodcast at gmail.com. Some men love the city life, some men crave the town.